I have an Italian friend that every time I see him, he's he always refers to frisbee as like the dog sport. So he's always like, "How's the dog frisbee going, Dana?" <laughs> and um, and yeah, I, I try not to take offense at that, <laughs> but it's kind of true. I mean, you know, it's definitely you know we'll be at the park or something like that, throwing a disc just to practice, and there'll be people with their dogs throwing a frisbee for the dog <laughs> as well, and we're doing a little the exact same thing almost, except you know we're the dogs. <laughs> Hello again, podcast listeners. This is Emily. I know it's been a while, but I'm back again to talk about something I'm sure you're all very curious about. Ultimate Frisbee in China. Dana is one of my fellow liberal arts college graduates, and after graduating, she moved to Beijing to work for a study abroad program. This one-year commitment has since turned into four years in Beijing, where she's gained a lot of insights about living abroad and has been able to hone her skills and passion for ultimate frisbee, which, as a sport, is growing in popularity in China. In this interview, we talk about frisbee culture, frisbee parties, traveling to tournaments throughout Asia, and, in general, what it's like living as an expat in Beijing. Okay, so here we go. So I'm just curious, when you first got into frisbee? Well, it was definitely in college. Um, I went to college in Eastern Washington, but I feel like most colleges in the Pacific Northwest, uh, especially small liberal arts colleges, people are really into ultimate. And so um, I knew a girl that was on the team when I was in I was in, my, in college, and I didn't play my first year, my freshman year, but I started when I was a sophomore. Um, Mostly because I got I got uh, cut from the swim team. I had swam for like many years in middle school and high school competitively, and then thought that I would do that in college, and that didn't work out. And I wanted to continue to be active. Um, so, uh, yeah, a friend of mine was on the club women's team at um, my university, and they couldn't get that many girls to come out and play. And so, oh, really? I think that was I think that was the great like why I started because if there had been like a big crowd and had been like really competitive um then it would have intimidated me and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have started but they could barely get enough girls to like, have a full seven on seven scrimmage during practice we'd get like six seven girls to come out of practice period so they were very interested in getting new people to join new girls to join and like teaching me how to throw and learn the game so how does frisbee work um, <laughs> it's, oh, I'm going to butcher this, but it's like kind of a cross between American football and soccer in a way. Like it's, it's similar to football in that in order to score a point, you have to catch it in an end zone. Um, but you do have to like pass the disc between, um, players in order to get there. And once you catch a disc, you can't, um, move other than pivoting. You can't like run with the disc. So it really requires a lot of like teamwork to um to kind of pass the disc down the field and, and get your your player to catch in a certain end zone so your one team is trying to go towards one end zone the other team is trying to go towards another and so you start each point either on offense or defense like one once one team will have possession of the disc um but if a certain player uh drops it or someone blocks it in the air or something like that then it'll be a turnover and the other team will gain possession and try to um, pass it along to uh, score in their own end zone. 
I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but uh, it's 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 a lot of uh, it's a lot more running than maybe it sounds for initially when you think of like ultimate or you think of a frisbee, I guess. Yeah. Because um, most people, when I say frisbee, they think of like they think of like disc golf, a frisbee golf yeah. in their minds. So they're like, oh, I can't. It's not really a sport. Um, which I feel like I feel kind of almost condescending ish towards golf as a sport because it's like you know, is there any running in golf either? Do people? know what you're talking about most of the time or do you end up having to explain what it is more often um i mean the people that play the sport obviously know in the northwest i think a lot more people know what ultimate is than anywhere else or like anywhere else that i've lived um but i think over time especially as after i've graduated from college um because i've spent a lot of time in in developed community with ultimate players like in beijing um, most of the people I'm interacting with either play it or know about it because I, they're friends with me and I've played it or it's, yeah. So I guess I don't spend too much time with people that don't know about Frisbee just at, naturally as my life has gone on. I spend more and more time in the community and in the sport. Just surround yourself. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but it definitely, it definitely is like people that I, friends of mine that don't play it and maybe I've never talked too much about it before are very skeptical of it when I first tell them. So once you joined in your sophomore year, you never looked back? Kind um, of. No, I I didn't think I was going to play after college because okay. so, my sophomore year it was it was okay. Like I I was never I was never very good honestly when I was playing in college. Like I was never in good enough shape and I didn't I wasn't a very good runner. I'd only really swam before. Um, and by the time my senior year came around, the, the, the program, the women's program had grown a lot. So it gotten actually really competitive. And I think I would have stopped playing even earlier, but I kind of, after the first year, I was like, I didn't want to be a quitter. So I just kept going, but it definitely their level kind of had reached above what I was capable of playing at. So I was kind of, I felt like a straggler as I went through the, the three years of playing in college. And so at the end of my senior year, I thought that I probably wouldn't play anymore just because it was didn't seem like my sport or like something that I could excel in, um, which is fine for the first year. But after, you know, a couple of years of that, it just didn't seem like worth it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I ended up moving to Beijing for a job and the community there is very different. Like I've, I found um, I, because of friends of friends I knew of the ultimate community in Beijing and playing there was a much different experience because it was a smaller community, a different level, different um, kind of playing, a different kind of attitude towards the sport, more, less, I mean, still kind of competitive. Like I play with a team in Beijing that is tries to be competitive, but at the same time realizes that it's Asia ultimate and um, likes to have fun at the same time. And I think doesn't take our, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And it's um, much more of a, it's, it's a more inclusive community, it felt like, I think, in Asia. Playing ultimate in college in the Northwest is a much different experience than I think may other parts of the U.S. It's um, mm-hmm. it's just a real it's it, it's a, big, a much bigger community, especially in the Seattle area, especially in Washington, and so the level of play is higher, the competitiveness is higher. I think um, I don't necessarily know what I'm comparing this to because I've never played elsewhere in the yeah. U.S. much, but it's. Um, it's not a new, I wouldn't say it's a new sport anymore, really, in the Northwest. And so um, I, I haven't seen as much, like, um, casual play mm-hmm. anymore 
I, I mean, I didn't really, I've never, I haven't really been part of the U.S. Ultimate community since I graduated from college. So I honestly don't know um, that much about what it's like to play pickup or um, the club level after after college. Yeah. But, um, it's uh, there's a lot of people that play, so it's not as um, it's not as small of a community as it is in Beijing. For sure. I mean, obviously, you're comparing two very different um, <laughs> cities and cultures as well. So you moved to Beijing four years ago, right? Yeah, I think so. Like some, after I graduated in 2013. So. Um, and did you get involved with Ultimate right away when you moved? Um, not right away. I knew I had a friend that. Well, I had a friend that tried to convince me to to join the community when I was in Beijing a year before that as a student because I was already playing in college and then I studied abroad in Beijing but I didn't really make the time to do that and where I was working in Beijing was really far away from where they had practice and where they had um, stuff going on I think at the time they didn't even have really any pickup game going on there wasn't enough people but they did have like my team was already established that I played with them it's called Big Brother but they, they had practice like really far away from where I lived. Like I had to commute like an hour to get to like a meeting point where we take, I'll take a bus together another hour to go to practice. So I, w- I would, I joined with that team and played in that team with that team in a couple tournaments the first year I lived in Beijing, but I didn't, I didn't participate that much. I maybe went every other week to practice instead of every week because it was just such a hassle to yeah. get across the city and I was kind of lazy about it. <laughs> So that team is the same one that you are still with? Yeah. So, well, yeah. So there's the there's a couple different teams in Beijing, okay. but the more expat-heavy um, team is called Big Brother. Um, these days we have more and more um, local Chinese um, players playing with us as well, but we definitely are more um, heavily expat-heavy. We... we, uh, we we run practice all in English mostly, and um, most like uh, international players or people that come through Beijing uh, that play ultimate or want to play ultimate in Beijing uh, will play with us. Uh, but but now there's a lot more ultimate um, going on in the city outside of that. Um, since when I first moved to Beijing, uh, there's pickup every Wednesday night. Well, there's one other team called Beijing Bong that is more heavily. Um, is definitely all mostly Chinese players that they travel around to tournaments as well. But um, then there's like a many like college college teams and I don't think they travel, but they play a lot together and practice on their own campuses and have little mini tournaments on the weekends sometimes that they do with each other. Um, so it's definitely a community that's been growing a lot in the past four years. Um, there's a lot more opportunity during the week to get involved, um, which is really cool. Why do you think more people are getting involved? In Beijing, yeah. I think it has to do a lot with the work that's been put in by leaders in the community, um, putting on and organizing pickup, uh, putting on clinics. I've had friends of mine that have like um, put on clinics during the week, like after work and stuff like that for people to come to and like learn strategy and learn the basics of throwing and playing the game. Kind of tr- people putting in a lot of time and effort to raise the level of ultimate in Beijing. And I think a lot of the interest has been, um, because of that efforts by those people, mm-hmm. um, not just foreigners, but a lot of other also like Chinese players that have been trying to give back to their own community and making a space that 
like new players feel safe to like come and try it out. Um, it's been a great way for like younger, especially younger players, younger students, Chinese students to like, really grow, um, meet new people and like excel at a sport. How is the sport viewed in the city? You know, do you think it's, people think it's kind of silly or like don't really know what it is? Not yet, many people or... know about it <laughs> yeah. really. It's still a very small community and it's not like, uh, it's why, if you're in the community, then you know about it. But if you're not, you're not probably never going to hear about us, really. Um, it's it's kind of something, a sport definitely, that if, especially as a Chinese student or a Chinese young adult and living in Beijing, you have to at some point have, like, sought it out or have a friend that played in order to know about um, the community. But once you do, like, it's pretty easy to find. Like, if you're looking for it, like, if you Google search Ultimate in Beijing or something like that, it's pretty easy to find now. They have... Um, pretty good access to information and like who to contact about joining pickup or trying to join a team. Um, but if you're not in the know, it's not it's not super popularized in Beijing. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's I mean, in any Chinese city really. It, it, Shanghai has a big has a big um, community, a lot, much larger community of ultimate players. But even then, you know, it's still a, a low key sport. It's not generating a lot of followers, a lot of <laughs> spectators, or anything like that. But for the people that play it, it, it has grown significantly in that there were just other people to play with. So if you're seeking it yeah. out, there's a big enough community for you to be part of. Um, but it's not um, by any means uh, like widely known in the city in general. So it's a big city. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Engaging. <laughs> and with sure. your team, you've gotten to travel a lot, right? Around yeah. Asia and around the world? Um, around Asia. Okay. I haven't really, I don't know, I haven't really played Frisbee. I mean, but I mean, Asia's pretty big enough. Yeah. Um, so where all have you traveled for tournaments? Um, let's see. I guess consistently every year we go, usually go to a tournament in Hong Kong um, with my team, is Big Brother. Um, we go to Shanghai, so I guess within China. Um in other cities in China. Um, the other international tournaments I've gone to either with other teams or, um, and like, in other ways. So I've been a couple times to tournaments in the Philippines. I really like playing Ultimate in the Philippines. It's a tournament in Manila and on an island in Boracay, called Boracay. Uh, I've also been to Malaysia once for a tournament. Um, it's nice because a lot of, um, once you kind of get into the community of playing ultimate in Asia, you get to know a lot of different people and generally uh, get to play with a lot of different teams as well. So I, I, during a certain season, like during, we have a kind of a set fall and spring season that fluctuates maybe year to year. I play with big brother as this team, but um, I play, I've played with many other teams as well um, for certain different tournaments, you know, tournaments that big brother doesn't go to, you know, we choose certain tournaments to go to as a team and then other ones, I might play. Like I play. I played a couple times with the other Beijing team called Beijing Bong, um, and yeah. So depending on the tournament, depending how it's run, I'll play with any different number, of, like, different combination of people, um, different teams. Um, so it kind of just depends on the tournament and who's going and um, yeah, and what you're looking for. Do you notice a difference in different cities and countries that you go to about how? sports played or like received or you know the sort of culture surrounding 
um, in different locations. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a difference um, in culture and community. I think mainly depending on like how many people they have to play. So in Southeast Asia, like in certain countries, like let's say um, Thailand and Cambodia, there's there's not a ton of people that play ultimate. Um, but it's still really fun to go down there and play because they're known for having um, what you call hat tournaments. So I went to, for the first time I went this last February, I went to what's called a Bangkok hat tournament. And um, there's a couple different ones, both in Thailand, Bangkok and Chiang Mai, and one in um, Phnom Penh as well that I haven't been to those ones. But um, because there's not quite as many people there to like have practice and have an established team that travels, they have these hat tournaments, which means you, um, instead of signing up for the tournament with a team, you just sign up as yourself, and then they separate people into teams based on who signs up, oh. and they try to gauge it based on like different levels. And so it's kind of a more chill, fun tournament where you obviously can't go in with a stacked team of like people you've played with, so you have to kind of figure out how to work together with these people that maybe you haven't played with before. Yeah. And it's just a really fun way to spend the weekend because you go and you get set on this team and meet new people and you, um, and yeah, you try to learn how to play with them, make strategy with them throughout the weekend, but you only have one weekend to do yeah. it. <laughs> and you're playing, you know, you kind of all of a sudden start playing games on Saturday. Um, and then every Saturday night they have like a pretty fun party mm-hmm. and then, um, you play again on Sunday. I mean, m- most frisbee tournaments are two, two days all, all day long tournaments, maybe like four, usually about around four games a day. So it takes a lot out of you. It's a very yeah. um, fun way to spend a weekend, but also, um, exhausting and hard on your body. But, um, Southeast Asia is known for like, yeah, the, the hat tournaments that they have. Um, the Philippines is also really known for their frisbee tournaments because it's such it is i think it's a much more popular sport in the philippines like it's recognized i think by the government and it's um they have it's just a really popular sport so when you go to the philippines more i think it's more likely especially more likely than china but you're more likely if you know if you see you talk to someone on the street they're more likely to know what ultimate frisbee is oh, okay um there's a uh uh a Filipino celebrity that plays <laughs> ultimate. And so I think he's helped to kind of popularize the sport, um, and make it widely known. So they're, they're pretty competitive in the Philippines. They're very athletic and they're very good at the sport. So going there is a lot of fun, but it's also challenging because, <laughs> um, they're really good. Japan is known as having some really good teams, um, as well. Like just being, yeah, very athletic and very skillful with the disc other countries as well, not off the top of my head, those are the ones I think of first. But, um, yeah, there's there's a good expat community in Korea that plays Ultimate as well and is really bringing the sport to the country. I know, um, yeah, it's cool because pretty much throughout the year there's always, you know, if you're in Asia and willing to travel or wanting to travel more likely, um, there's always tournaments going on, you know, every couple of weeks. You know, every every country essentially hosts at least one or two tournaments a year. Um, so you can really travel around to all these different tournaments and see a lot of Asia just by hopping from one tournament to another. (laughs) So who organizes the tournaments? Not the government, but... No, definitely not. It's like local people. Oh, okay. Local people in each city. So that's why when I say like that Beijing has developed because of these people that develop it, it's because it really, I mean, that's the only way it gets off the ground is local people, you know, in the city, um where it's being held, like organizing pickup, organizing a team, 
or organizing a tournament as well. And that's a lot of work. And it's it's a lot of work that you don't get paid for. You know, it's not yeah. even if you're the even the best of the best of the sport, you know, aren't making money off of playing Ultimate Frisbee. It's not that kind of sport yet. And I don't know, know if it ever will be. I mean, maybe it's crippling growing as a sport. Like, I, who am I to say? But it's um, definitely still a low-key enough sport, especially in Asia, where people do it for the love of the game and for, like, wanting to give to the community and like organize these tournaments and organize um events to promote it and to like give people an opportunity to come together and play together um definitely through the sacrifice of like people's time because no one works (laughs) in the sport it's like you know people have their own jobs that they had to take care of as well so it's definitely done the time and effort is put in you know off hours like in their spare time so when you go to these tournaments, you have to pay an entry mm-hmm. fee. Yeah, and it's, then it's, it's, you pay for your own travel. And yeah, it's not a it's not a cheap uh, it's not a cheap weekend. Yeah. I suppose <laughs> to go to an ultimate frisbee tournament, you, you do need to have some money, and that's why it's um, it's uh, generally the people, especially in Asia, that play it um, will tend to the ones that travel around to the tournaments are people that tend to have more money because otherwise you usually can't afford it. Um, or if you're like me or like other people, you know, you kind of just choose to spend your money on it and maybe you don't have a lot of money for other things, but you like, uh, like choose it. You're like, this is how I want to spend my time and spend my money. Um, whereas, yeah. you know, others might choose it for other different ways. <laughs> it's kind of, it's pretty much like going, it's like going on vacation essentially, um, a different way of spending yeah. vacation. <laughs> how is Frisbee different than other sports that you've played or that you know of, you know, like in terms of the rules and just the culture surrounding it? I mean, I haven't played that many other sports. I swam when I was younger, so Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot to compare it to, but um, the community, I feel like, is just really fun, at least in Asia. I can't speak to the different kind of politics and communities in in the U.S., but, you know, even even with the competitiveness of it, in Asia, even when you get to the top, higher level teams, I feel like even when you go to these tur- when you go to these tournaments, um, people are there to have fun and to play the sport and to um, have a good time on, over the weekend. So it creates a pretty um, tight knit community of people that um, I think. I mean, if I can go to say it, but I think go to these tournaments. People that go to these tournaments and play the sport. For the sport, but also for the people, if not, just as much, if not more, um, because they love the community. There's, like, a love for the sport, but it's also a love for the, pe- the people that play it. And to go and be social on the weekends and go to a tournament, like, and see all of your friends from around yeah. Asia or um, from just around your own country, too, like, within China or within Korea. So you really feel like you're making friends in different cities through playing frisbee um yeah i mean when you uh i mean i've been playing i've been playing off and on around asia for like four i guess four years now it's a while and at first i didn't know many people but when you keep going to these tournaments you know it's the same people that do it really over and over again i mean new people come through for sure but um you do tend to see the same people you know again and again when you go to these tournaments and that's half of the fun of going to the tournaments because you know you're gonna get to see these people and it's like the only time you get really to have an excuse to see these people you know (laughs) it's like um the uh the tournament in boracay it's like this crazy tournament on a beach 
in an uh, island in the Philippines. And it really is. It's like kind of for the Frisbee, but it's a lot for just like, go, it's literally like you go on vacation with all of your yeah. best friends from around Asia. <laughs> you know, you don't really have to, it's a nice way to like see these people because you don't have to plan it. Someone else does. It's an event that happens in the year. You just have to make sure yeah. that you have the time to go to it and have the money to go to it. <laughs> the money is the key thing. The Frisbee is just excuse yeah. <laughs> to meet up Ex- with me- yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And not all yeah. tournaments are like that. I mean, some are much you know, competitive. And there's definitely, I mean, it's a competitive beach tournament. Like, there's some really good teams um, that go. But, um, yeah, it's definitely – the Boracay one is – like a party tournament for sure and but there were other tournaments around that are more serious but i think that uh, you know similar people go to both i suppose <laughs> yeah the frisbee parties at my college were <laughs> pretty intense yeah <laughs> does it stay that way after college <laughs> well i mean so when i was in college like we didn't really come like the frisbee team did have parties and stuff like that but we didn't really combine like the frisbee tournaments with the parties ever like it always okay. seemed like when we went to tournaments like in seattle and stuff like that we didn't really like party in between but in asia it's like the opposite like it's <laughs> not the opposite but like very different in that you, that's when you have the parties during the tournament and so mm-hmm. it's like i think for a lot for a lot of these tournaments even if you go in competitively there's none so competitive where you can't party with your friends on saturday night um and then, you know, wake up hungover on Sunday and power through it and play. Yeah. Like, everyone's, I think everyone's uh, fairly experienced at, like, you know, figuring out how to play Sunday when you've been drinking all night Saturday. Like, it's, uh, the party experience can be very intense um, depending on, like, how you approach it. But, you know, people are there to have fun. And so the party, I think it wouldn't be, the party experience of the tournaments in Asia is a, is a, a key factor yeah <laughs> it's, it's exists and every, every tournament i've been to some people will choose you know the level that they want to play at and so we'll play with different types of teams depending on that like if they want to go into a tournament on a um, more of a, a fun team versus a competitive team you can choose that as well for mm-hmm. yourself like if you don't want to you know it's 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 a lot of time to commit like to if you want to try to be part of a competitive team and um it's definitely on a different scale in asia than maybe in the u.s but you know, if you want to be on a competitive team, generally you have to commit a lot of time to practices and things like that. And if you, you know, depending on your work schedule or whatever else is going on in your life, if you don't want to commit that kind of time, that's totally normal because it's, it's a lot of um, hours to commit if you want to be really competitive. And um, and it's nice because you can still be part of the community and still play ultimate without having to commit so many hours. Um, you just end up playing on different types of team with people yeah. that also want to kind of not... Um, be as involved all the time so you plan to continue doing frisbee in some capacity yeah for I mean, the foreseeable yeah i mean I, yeah, yeah i i think it's a good way to spend your free time after work mm-hmm. um and it's a big part of my community now in beijing so even if i'm away or something like that if there is a community doing that i'll definitely um, try to keep it up what do you like about living abroad i think part of it is that I mean, at this point, I've been living in China for so long that most of my community and um, my life is there. So part of it is a little bit of laziness in that, like, um, I'm so established though already, um, it's, it seems easier to stay. But I think living abroad gives you a good perspective on, like, other, on other cultures, for sure, and was one thing. I mean, 
there are various levels of when you're an expat living in another country of like how much you take the other culture into your life or not because especially when you live in a big city it's it's fairly easy to kind of continue your um your own habits and yeah. not assimilate as much with the culture but it at least gives you some ulterior perspective and a chance to live um as the minority in another country which i think is important and um, for like self growth and realizing that you're not the only one, and the only there's not just one type of lifestyle, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I think when you graduate from college or university, or you're done with school and in capacity, even if it's just high school, um, finding a community or, fi- or figuring out what to do next can be difficult sometimes, and. Um, when you live as an expat abroad, uh, there's there's a lot of other people that are kind of in your same situation. You you can, um, it's it's a lot. I think it, it it's a it's a way to to meet people, and it's a it's a a nice community to find um, comfort in, and to find to find a community to find yeah. other people that have like similar interests of you. You know, especially living in a city like Beijing, it's not an idyllic an idyllic like mm-hmm. uh, city or country even and so the people that choose to live there are maybe not similar on the outside but in that they wanted and people that live there maybe wanted an adventure wanted something new um, the people that kind of stay um, tend to get along really well because you're kind of you find that you have similar interests or similar attitudes towards life what's challenging about living in China specifically as an expat I guess um, I think for all the things that are both uh, uh, exciting, it can also be challenging in that, you know, you're, depending on um, your ethnicity, you're g- generally in the minority living in mm-hmm. China. If you're not Chinese, then you're different. Um, I'm, try- I'm having a hard time thinking <laughs> of things off the top of my yeah. head. But, uh, yeah, the culture is very different yeah. Yeah, in China. Um and you hear about like the censorship and I don't know maybe things like that that from afar seem really difficult mm-hmm. to live with compared to how we live here. But maybe it's not even something you think about on a day to day. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. When I first moved, it was something definitely very prevalent in my life to 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 live with. But I think now that it's been like five years, four or five years, like I don't notice it as much. But yeah, there's a lot of things that you do take for granted in the U.S. that you can't. In China, one thing is internet censorship, um, but uh, there are definitely others. Cultural things, the traffic is is crazy in Beijing. Navigating, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, streets filled with people that are um, not obeying traffic laws. <laughs> just the amount of people in general. Yeah. There's just a lot of people in Beijing. It can feel claustrophobic at times, and um, <laughs> yeah, there's you know, there's a lot of differences, and I'm. It's something that yeah I've kind of grown to like over like live with now. Now it's been a couple of years, but it can definitely be very shocking for people when you first you move or you first visit. And I think um, what happens is like the people that can't don't like it or can't handle it get weeded out pretty fast. And so those that stay um, are typically the pe- kinds of people that 
um, at least the ones that stay and like it. Because there are some that, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people, I think, that get sent there by their, their companies or something like that. Oh, and maybe they yeah. live there because they have to, not because um, they choose to. But, well, most of the people I know choose to stay. And they do so because, like, it's an interesting, the, 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 the interesting part of living in a different culture um, outweighs the difficulties for them. And, right. they, and so it tends to be people that can kind of deal with the, the cultural differences and deal with the fact that, you know, they might live as a minority and kind of embrace it. And so you're left with, um, you're left with maybe a group of people or a community that, um, is very open-minded and, um, fairly culturally sensitive. Yeah. Know, but you, you know, you have all sorts of different kinds of expats that live there in very different lifestyles. You know, some that, you know, can speak Chinese, some that can't, some that, some that like Chinese food and some that literally don't like Chinese food. Like <laughs> one of my roommates would say, he'd be like, I don't like Chinese food. And I'm like, hey, you know, and you wonder how you even last in the country for over a year yeah. if you don't like the food. <laughs> but definitely some people that, yeah, that choose, pick and choose the parts of the culture that they do and don't like. And, yeah. um, and live in certain different ways. Do you think you'll ever come back? To the States? Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, but I think it's kind of like I'm having my fun in Asia first. And then when I want to settle down or have a different, slower pace of life, maybe. not Maybe I'm being too presumptuous about what it's like <laughs> to live in the U.S. Yeah. But, um, yeah, different, when I'm ready for a different pace of life, um, then I'd move back to the U.S. for sure. I'm not planning on staying abroad forever. Although a lot of people, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, all, all the people I know in China that have been there for a lot longer than me, you know, 10, 12 years, they always say that they were only meant to be there for like one or two years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it turned into a lot longer <laughs> period of time. So you never know, yeah. but I don't know. You never I, know where you yeah. end up next. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I was going to end up in China necessarily. So yeah. it's, you never you know. Well, we better go because we have to go play frisbee. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Let me just say that playing ultimate frisbee is really fun and it's a great way to fill your time when you move back in with your parents. Thanks for listening to this interview with Dana. You can find other episodes of my podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes if you search for Extraordinary. And my name, Emily Fuller. Thanks a lot.